The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. On today's episode of NFL History, Andrew and I discuss one of the greatest NFL players to serve in the armed forces, Mr. Roger Staubach. Through Staubach, the Cowboys earned their moniker America's team after a decade of dominance, winning two Super Bowls before retiring in 1979 and after 11 seasons in the league. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Matt Johnson, and this is the Two Point Conversation. Andrew, thank God you're back. <laughs> uh, last week's episode was so difficult to difficult to do. So difficult to do. Walking a fine line. Um, trying to talk about something that I'm not like the best person to talk about, but I thought I did okay. But uh, welcome back, buddy. How are you? I'm not too bad. I, I know you were going to do good. I don't know what I did to talk about. You know, good portion of NFL history and yeah the military thing though it's always eluded me I've always like respected it and whatnot but I'm not as knowledgeable in it as I possibly could be so it's uh yeah I think I did okay I think I did okay um people should be excited about today's episode with Roger Staubach I think uh I think one of the few Cowboys players that everybody likes I I (laughs) love him I remember being at Dick's and seeing a Roger Staubach jersey and thinking to myself, oh my goodness, I want this so badly. And it was a white jersey and I hate white jerseys, but because it was Roger Staubach, I just wanted that jersey. Because Was this recent or when you were a kid? No, this is recent. Oh, when I was a kid, I mean, I knew of him. You know, he was the Cowboys quarterback and everything else. It wasn't until I got old, like most players, it wasn't until I got older where you could really appreciate appreciate them right for what for what they are and what they did and you learn more about the person and everything else i know we kind of keep that separate sometimes but it's 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 unique when you get to i wouldn't say get to know but you see the person that they are and it kind of makes elevates them as a player (laughs) no no doubt it's because people love to go to the off field stuff for, I mean, we, we try to stay away from that when it's negative, you know, we, we, we do go that route. We, we, we love to you and I meaning in the show, we love to embellish and empower those who are like really, really great people off the field. But when they're when they're kind of awful off the field, when they're not great people off the field, we try to be like, uh, you know, we respect the player. We're talking about the player. So it's one of those things, but Staubach is literally, um, I mean, he's a, he's a solid human being, honestly. Uh, I don't think there's been really anything that, uh, that, that negative said about him. I, at least I don't think so. Doing research and such, I, I really didn't come across anything. 
Um, he is the embodiment of a good person. At least that's what I have seen. That's a, a, a good moral person and a, and a legendary, um, you know, NFL player. Yeah. And short career, probably the last actually really good player to come out of a military academy. Right. And <laughs> to actually, you know, play in the NFL or at a high level as he did. And he's, I think he helped the game, changed the game. I think he inspired a lot of people in the way that he played. And it's just, I think he's probably the, he's, he's the greatest Dallas Cowboy ever. I mean, I've heard doing research and when you think about it, he probably is other than if you exclude coaches, then I would say it's Landry, but I think Roger Staubach's the greatest Cowboy ever. And that in, in looking at the Cowboys alumni, that's a lot of great players, but I don't think you can find a better person and better player than Roger Staubach. And Troy Aikman even said it too, that, every Cowboy quarterback since Roger Staubach is just playing catch up and Troy Aikman has three Super Bowl rings and Troy, you know, I think that's just how it's going to be. No matter how good you are as a Cowboys quarterback, you're always going to be compared to what Roger Staubach did. Yeah. No, I, I, I certainly, he was the, yeah, he, he was not the first Cowboys quarterback. No, obviously. Um, but uh, but he was he he set the bar he set the bar really high. I mean, look how like f- often forgotten Danny White was like having to follow up that act. And Danny White was a solid quarterback. We've talked about him before. I love Danny White, right? We we've done a Danny yeah. White episode. Yeah. Um, you know, and and Danny White is one of those underrated you know kind of gems that they, that gets forgotten. But it's because that Staubach, how much Staubach did. And in my intro, I wasn't kidding. Like after literally, I think his last season, that's when the Cowboys earned the moniker America's team. They do well, they, um, somebody said it on CBS, but, uh, but yeah, being the most pop, one of the most popular brands, that's all, all that is paved the way because of Staubach and how great he played, how consistent he played, how much he won during probably one of the toughest decades of the modern era to be consistently good, which was the 1970s. Very, very lawless. Um, in a sense. And, and he, I mean, he, he played as excellent as anybody could be. Um, you know, looking through some of his stats. Uh, yeah. He, I think he did all right for himself. I think he did all right for himself. I mean, they're not eye popping, but for that era, they're pretty amazing. They're consistent. And listen, Dallas has always been kind of like a balanced, um, you know, they've always kind of been like a balanced team too. Well, not in recent years, but back then you think of them a lot more balanced. So, um, so yeah, so let's get into uh, his life and history. Uh, Mr. Roger Staubach, really excited to get into this one. So he was actually born in Cincinnati, Ohio, and he was an only child and uh, he has some German descent and he grew up in Silverton, which was uh, a little bit Northeast of Cincinnati, uh, I mean, Boy Scout, like literally you think of American Boy Scout, like it, you, I, I feel like Roger Staubach's picture is right next to the definition of a, of a Boy Scout, but he grew up as one and a uh, very religious man. And, uh, and uh, yeah, he graduated from high school in 1960 Purcell Marion uh, high school. 
he uh, when he left high school, he went into the uh, he went to New Mexico, the New Mexico Military Institute in Roswell, and uh, entered the Naval Academy, U.S. Naval Academy, in 1961, and played quarterback for the Midshipmen, which I'm guessing was their mascot name. Yes, that is okay. the Naval Academy. Okay, and um, he did pretty good. Uh, he got his first opportunity to play on October 6th of 1962 against the university of Minnesota. And, um, and, uh, it wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't a good start. He went over two and was sacked twice for minus 24 yards. So not great. Um, <laughs> but uh, a week later he got to play against, uh, or excuse me. Um, yeah, they, they went to play his team went to play Cornell university and his coach Wayne Harden decided to put stop back in the game. See if he can improve the team offense. And, uh, dude, he killed it. Dude killed it. He threw for, uh, six touchdowns, 99 yards, and he had two touchdowns while running for 84 yards. So, or no, it's hold on. Let me read. He led Navy to six touchdowns. He threw for 99 and he had, okay. He had two touchdowns while running. So the Navy won 41, nothing. So that's quite the statement game. Um, and uh, a few weeks later, a couple weeks later, he played in the world famous Army Navy game. My my uh, brother in law likes to go to that all the time. I believe his uh, his family's lineage or history has a lot to do with the with Navy. And um, he got to uh, he got to play in front of JFK, which is really cool. Um, it just uh, JFK is coming off of the Cuban Missile Crisis, and he and uh, he did the the coin toss and. Uh, Staubach beat Army. He led the team to beat Army 34-14, threw for two touchdowns and ran for another. So uh, pretty significant there. Uh, second year, second class is junior season of 1963. He won the Heisman Trophy, the Maxwell Award, and the Walter Camp Memorial Trophy. And he led to the, mid, the midshipmen to 9-1 and one regular season record. Excuse me. Um, and it was actually, this is a fun little fact. Uh, he was actually supposed to be on the cover of Time Magazine in October. Um, uh, or he did, and he was supposed to be on the cover of Life magazine in November 29, 1963. But um, it was taken down because of the assassination of of JFK. So, ironically enough, isn't that crazy to be a junior in like college, essentially, and you're about to be on the cover of Life magazine for for football and military and service and all that stuff, and JFK getting his head blown off kind of takes away from it. That's crazy. And it, 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 it wow, that's really weird. And he ended up in Dallas. Right. Do, 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 do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what was that sound effect? <laughs> I think I was trying to do a twilight zone, but oh, my brain no. didn't fully go. So it just, no, um, so, uh, so, they actually, the midshipmen actually played in the national championship game um, in 1964, uh, the Cotton Bowl to the University of Texas uh, on New Year's Day. But they, yeah, they lost. Uh, Staubach uh, eventually, oh, early, oh, they had beaten, well, what the hell? Okay, I'm trying to find the roadmap here. They beat Notre Dame. Um, oh, he was the last, okay, I get it now. I apologize. Um Roger Staubach was the last Navy QB to lead a victory against Notre Dame. So uh, back in 1960, 
Yeah. Back in 1964. And Navy didn't beat Notre Dame until 2007 after that. So, um, but in three seasons uh, with the with Navy, Staubach uh, completed 292 passes with 18 touchdowns and 19 interceptions while gaining a school record, 4,253 yards of total offense. That is crazy. That is. Like, a little gross, but that's, yeah, interesting. Um. But uh, but yeah, he was the la- he is the last player uh, from a military academy to win the Heisman Trophy. And in 1964, as a senior, he injured his left heel and uh, and missed a bunch of games. The Navy finished season three six one. But uh, the Naval Academy did retire Staubach's jersey number during his graduation ceremony after a senior year. In 1981, Staubach was enshrined in the College Football Hall of Fame. And Staubach was ranked number nine on ESPN's top 25 players in college football history. That is, that's, a, that's bold. Yeah, that's high. That's really I mean, well, high. I mean, not saying he doesn't deserve it, but right. that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's one of those things where you just, it's so easy for, for my generation and, and people younger to be like, wow, those stats are trash. But uh, if you live in that time period, you know what I mean? It's like, wow, that was pretty good. It's crazy. It's- wishbone offense yeah (laughs) at at its best probably with navy (laughs) um but uh but yeah wild finished yeah finished his career oh i I think i already read that yep so um so all right so now on to his professional career yep gotta now on his professional career he was drafted in the 1964 uh, draft, both the AFL and the N- AFL and NFL. He was taken uh, by the Cowboys in the NFL draft, and uh, he was drafted by Kansas City in the 16th round of their specific draft. So, with a future selection, um, I wonder how that would have worked. Like, I, I wonder how uh, did he have a choice because the league was kind of unified at that point. Or was it just because it's NFL draft, it's official? No, because there was two different drafts at that point. No, I know. But when he came into the league in 69, like, you know what I mean? Like when he came, you know what I mean? Does Kansas City still have a claim for him? Probably. Probably not. Because if you think about it, if I was the commissioner, I would say who drafted him first. Right. Cowboys did it with the 10th. Kansas City did it with 16th. I gotcha. So who who would get them first? And you probably go, who who do you want to play for? Or you guys both can negotiate with them, a Bernie Kozar situation. Right. So who really owns the rights? Maybe they probably did both of them. But that's interesting. I know I like when he was when he was in Vietnam though, I think he was going to the Cowboys no matter what. Cause when he was in Vietnam, they sent him footballs. Right. And uh, he kept on asking and asking him. And I think it was Tuck Schramm or asked him, said, why are we keep on sending you footballs? What are you doing with these? And he was like, well, we had them in the shed and a mortar shell hit it last week. So we needed more footballs. <laughs> so the Cowboys, I think he was going to the Cowboys regardless because of, because of that the cowboys okay. were sending them footballs they were a little bit more in tune to you know, aggressive yeah yeah chiefs had len dawson so i think they were kind of fine yeah, um they won a super bowl 
They did. They did. They were fine. Um, but yeah, so he wouldn't actually get to play in the NFL. He wouldn't start playing in the NFL till 1969, as we were just basically saying he was selected by two different teams. Um, but yeah, he graduated from the Naval Academy officially in 1965. He stayed back, but, um, but he, uh, he volunteered for a, a one-year tour of Vietnam and served as a supply corps officer for the Navy until 1961. And uh, Staubach was, he supervised like 41 uh, enlisted men and soldiers. God bless him. I know. Good I for just, him. I, I was enlisted, so that's why I'm saying God bless him. Right. No, I uh, get that. Oh, we I are know. not very good people. I don't know about the Navy. If it said Marines, we are not very good people. Outside <laughs> that was of, the Navy. <laughs> outside of things, we're, we're wonderful people. I met some great people, but things that we've discussed should never be heard by civilian year, year sometimes. <laughs> I think we put uh, common debauchery to shame at some point. Uh, oh, goddamn. Well, maybe you should go on the show. Oh, no. Probably, you probably don't want to tell some of those stories. Um <laughs> But uh, but yeah, he returned from South Vietnam in September of 67 and spent the rest of his naval career in the United States. Uh, he played football on a variety, variety of service teams uh, just to get ready for his future career. And then um, he did a two. Let's see. He did a naval. He did a tour at an air at a naval air station in Pensacola and he quarterbacked the Go Shocks team, which was a team consisting of fellow U.S. Navy officers like himself and played games against legitimate college teams. And uh, he had, because like you said, the Cowboys were so generous and so attentive to what he needed and, and getting in the footballs and stuff. He had access to the Cowboys playbook and uh, the ghost shocks actually used the playbook to beat the shit out of the college teams. <laughs> could you, could you imagine that? Just... That would never fly today. That would no. never, ever fly today. But I mean, Jesus, you literally put the power of Tom Landry in the hands of this this random ass mixed nuts team, the Go Shocks. I and college football was the peak back then. College football is way more popular than NFL football. So, well, no, I don't think anybody was running really a pro style offense either, though, in college football at that point. Right. I mean, that's was the big thing where a lot of guys like Ozzie Newsome got looked over because. They were like, we don't use a tight end unless he blocks. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh my goodness, this guy can catch. His actually his naval career almost didn't take flight because he did actually fail the colorblindness test. Yes, I did but, see I did see that. It, it, it affected what the kind of how they placed him, right? Within yeah. the Navy. Yeah, it wasn't quite detected, so he did go through. I don't know how that wasn't detected because those people are on you constantly right during the thing the drug test is absolutely horrible when you just got a guy just staring over your shoulder so (laughs) it could have been a little different back then maybe a little bit more stricter though but um but uh but yeah so in well he was still in the navy in in 68 and uh he used his uh you you get when you're in the military apparently you have time off you have leave and he used it to go to the rookies, the, the Cowboys rookie camp. And in 1969, he resigned his naval commission just in time to join the Cowboys training camp. And uh, he was actually a part of the uh, he was a part of the this the the Super Bowl five team that lost to uh, the Baltimore Colts. Um, he was the backup really there for Craig Morton. And yeah, he was with the Cowboys when they won their first NFC title in 1970. But yeah, they did go to the Super Bowl. They lost by uh 
three points on a last second field goal. Oof. And that is also considered the worst Super Bowl ever and the only Super Bowl where the losing team had the Super Bowl MVP. Oh, oh yeah, this is the one, isn't it? Yeah, like there's there's a lot of controversy in that Super Bowl where because the rule was if a ball went off of I think of a reset or ball went off of the, its own player, you couldn't pick it up and supposedly the ball went off of a player and John Mackey scooped it up and ran it in for a touchdown. Interesting. Yeah, I all the Colts Super Bowl wins are boring as shit. I actually, before we get into the Cowboy career, his Naval Academy career, he had a assistant coach on that Naval Academy sideline with the last name of Belichick. Oh. And there was a young boy by the name of Bill that would go to practices with his father. And sometimes Roger Stalbeck didn't have anybody to throw to. So he would play catch with this young Belichick boy. His name is Bill. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of him. I but sometimes Bill, forget how long Belichick has been around football. I, I and it was I saw this while watching a football life and he's talking about it and he smiled. Huh. Like I was like it was watching the Grinch smile. So that's how great Roger Stalbeck is that he can make Bill Belichick smile. <laughs> The only other thing that makes Bill Belichick smile is running out the clock and, and doing just bending the rules. Yes. And then it happens to him. He gets all pissy. Um, <laughs> that's pretty cool. I did not know that. And you know what? Belichick was a part. I, I think he got to start with the Colts, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Like way back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he has the world like uh, John Madden has for Brett Favre. That is how Belichick feels about Burt Jones. I gotcha. That's so cool. Um, so 71, 71 is underway. All right. Craig Morton, he starts the season off, uh, but he, uh, I think, let's say, I'm trying to see what week that this occurred at. 71, they lost to the New Orleans Saints. Oh, Jesus. It was week five. Week five, the Cowboys were three and two at that point. And they said, nope. That's weird. Well, Landry must know what he wanted. Um, pulls Morton, and they threw Staw back in. Um, but uh, but eventually, eventually, Landry did start to alternate them. He did like a two QB style thing. Um horrible idea <laughs> i think it's pretty cool i think it's pretty cool it's, but um is he he's one of the first ones to do that though right no the rams did it in the 50s with bob waterfield and norm van brocklin oh yeah that's right that's right um but yeah he alternated on each play and they gave him a different play call it kind of you know what it reminds me of it reminds me a lot of uh paul brown's way of calling <laughs> plays by rotating offensive linemen it well, that's that was the funny part about that is Dicka was playing at this point and they were rotating tight ends mm. to bring in the play. And Dicka says, All of a sudden, I noticed we're not changing tight ends, we're just changing quarterbacks to run the plays. 
just weird. I mean, hey, to be able to take a whole season and, and use that, like try it out and see how it works, pretty dang unique. Uh, especially in an era too where the salary cap wasn't an issue at all. It's just yeah. get guys money um by any means. But uh this is, yeah, uh, they they killed it in week seven. They got like five hundred they got like five hundred yards of offense. The only flaw was um, they got seven turnovers that resulted in a 23 to 19 loss against a really bad bears team. <laughs> um, and I dropped the Cowboys to four and three for the season, but, uh, but they, in 1971, they went on a tear after that. I don't, I don't think they lost again. Uh, I think that year they finished 11 and three, if I'm not mistaken, but, uh, yes. but after week eight or in week eight, um, it was just Staubach. It was a one-week kind of trial and error type of thing. And um, Staubach beat the Cardinals, and he led the Cowboys to ten, 10 consecutive victories and, uh, you know, defeating your your Miami Dolphins 24-3 uh, in Super Bowl six, And winning the MVP. Yeah. And Mr. Staubach is such a great family man. The winner of the MVP got a Dodge Charger. And he asked if he could, you know, if he Please could tell me he asked to get a minivan. It, well, closest thing back into the seventies, a nice station wagon. Oh, I, I love the hell out of that. He was, he was like, I had, I think he said he had three kids at that point. So he's like, I had three kids. What am I going to do with the Dodge charger? I so, know a da- guy now would be like, mm, that's gonna was be it, my, it was a my, challenger or a charger. Sorry. <laughs> that's fun though. That is fun. Guy, I, I dad now would be like, no, nope, this is my toy. This is my like midlife, midlife crisis vehicle. Only I can touch it. Gonna be washing in the driveway once a day, maybe twice a day. Um, ah, Stopback is just so pure. No, he said, you know what? I need a nice station wagon. <laughs> I, I don't think I know anybody that would refuse that car. <laughs> like you said, for for a station wagon or a minivan or anything yeah. like that. Raise My right, wa- I guess. Raise right. That's practical thinking. That's practical thinking. <laughs> uh, he did so well this year, though, that he actually got to, he negotiated his own contract, um, which is cool. I, this might be before agents got really big, but uh, he didn't, he didn't negotiate a new contract. Obviously, this guy is good. He can do good. Um, and got a three-year deal at about $75,000 per year, which is crazy. But and, and, you know, that's, that's really good money back then. Really good money back then. Um, if you ask certain individuals on our Facebook page, NFL players might deserve that today. According to them, I disagree, but, uh, duh, or do you still be making $75,000 a year playing kids game. Duh. Or the, you read the inflation calculator wrong and, Joe Montana makes five billion would have been making five billion dollars today. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. That one too. Jesus Christ. Um <laughs> uh after that season, uh 72, he missed uh most of the season with a separated shoulder, but uh eventually came back in and relieved Craig Morton again, gave him the boot, and uh they knocked out uh or excuse me, they played against the 49ers and he threw two touchdowns in the last 90 seconds to win 30 to 28. And uh, he won back his job. He won back his job. So he still wasn't the guy yet, which is interesting. But I get it, an old school guy like like Tom Landry was probably like, no, you, nothing's handed out. 
And uh, Staubach hold on, held on to that thing, and he did not relinquish it again. Um, you know, there were some years in between that were not so great, right? Some championship game appearances, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, this is where the rivalry, the biggest, one of the best, I think, cross-conference rivalries of all time uh, was birth, the Cowboys and the Steelers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Steelers getting the getting the win in, in most of those. Well, actually, most, if all not all. All part of me. Um, Jackie Smith, sickest man in the on the face of the earth. Straight drop that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh. right. That's right. Um. So, yeah, you know, but that was you know that was a huge rivalry at the time, and uh, it still is to this day. I say I I think I do still get excited. I think fans get a lot really excited when you hear Cowboys and Steelers are going at it because it's it's two classic teams that dominated the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um. But it wasn't until 1977 that Staubach got uh, got the Cowboys back to the uh, back to the promised land and walked away with the Lombardi Trophy. Um, 1977 in the uh, uh, in that game in Super Bowl 12, the uh, the Cowboys defeated the Denver Broncos and Staubach threw for 183 yards and a touchdown with no ints. Yeah, they beat Dallas or excuse me, they beat Denver 27 to 10. Um, who was ironically led by his former teammate, Craig Morton. I think we did this. I think we, we talked did. about the, this the, before we did the, uh, the, was it like the backup thing, like playing against your former teammate or backup or something along yeah. the lines of that. Um, that was a fun episode. That was a fun episode. Um, Great QB controversy here, but they just had probably this is, this is probably the young Montana quarterback controversy of the seventies. Yeah, probably more install back. Probably. I wonder how, I mean, was it really close? Was it close? Was it that close? Morgan was not that bad of a quarterback. I mean, he led, you figure he led the Cowboys to a Super Bowl. He led the Broncos to a Super Bowl. I mean, he's not probably one of the greatest, but he was not that bad of a quarterback. It's two different styles too. If you think about it. Morton's more drop back passers. Stallback is more. I'm going to create something out of nothing if I can have it. And right. It, that I think Landry knew he needed that, but it also pissed them off because it wasn't a, a good cog in the machine <laughs> in a way. Things were very precise. This is the way it's going to be. Here we go. And don't deviate from anything where Stallback was. St- you could say, if you compare him to a kind of a newer player, even though he hasn't played in years, but a Steve Young, he's going to break off the play. He's going to do what he's got to do. And the man had moves. I don't know if you saw any of his highlights. He was juking people before <laughs> I ever seen a quarterback juke people. Right. Tarkenton would just run around in the backfield. Stallback actually broke. He would just break the pocket and run. (laughs) That's fun. That is fun. Um, His final season. Yeah. 1979 was his last year. And uh, yeah, he decided to retire because of his health. He's like, this is it. He actually had an offer on the table to play two more years, but um, he declined it, but he did really, really well. 267. Uh, all career high. So he went out on top. He went out uh, one of those guys who went out on top. Um, 267 completions, 3,586 passing yards and 27 passing touchdowns with just 11 INTs. But um, 
but yeah, he was smart. He's kind of one of those guys who um, had the foresight. So keep in mind, he started off late, right? He didn't, he was drafted in 64, didn't play until um, 69. Uh, so he started off late um, and had an 11 year career. He was, it's the equivalent of Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson and, Andrew Luck and all those other greats retiring at the age of 30. I, I think it's pretty comparable to that, but yeah. honestly, being a smart man, he, uh, you know, he had the foresight, you know, he, the concussions, he had 20, at least 20 concussions in his playing career. Um, and six of them actually legit knocked him out and he suffered two concussions in 79. Um, you know, so he was ahead of the curve on the concussion deal. His brain tests were fine for the time, but, uh, yeah, he's like, nah, I'm done. Um, and this is Danny White's team now. So uh, after 11 seasons in the NFL, 1,685 completions, 22,700 yards, 153 touchdowns, 109 interceptions. And he had uh, being a, having that little bit of mobility. He had, uh, he had 2,264 rushing yards with 21 touchdowns and five, uh, 410 carries. So uh, really good there. He had a .750. Uh, winning percentage and he recorded the highest passer rating in the NFL in four seasons, 71, 73, 78, and 79. Um, and then, yeah, led the league in touchdowns in 73 with 23 uh, six time pro bowler as well over his 11 seasons. So, and an all NFC uh, choice. I'm not sure what that is. Maybe it's like first team, all NFC. Maybe That's some kind of a, a equi- yeah, it's weird. Some kind of equivalent, um yeah all nfc choice that's yeah that's what it's got to be that's that's what it was so the um, awards. <laughs> what's that crazy. so just looking at his awards is just i know it's crazy. that's the next part it's insane um but yeah he officially retired on 1980 and i i actually it's really cool if you go look on youtube they have like a news report of Staubach retiring and it was a major story at the time yeah that's well you figured that's your your franchise, the guy that you hung your hat on for years and everything else. Yeah. And it, there was talk that maybe he might have come back if Landry would have let him call plays. I think it either in 73 or 72 or 73, Landry took the play calling duties away from him because his mother was sick. Right. And he said, you're not in the right mind. I'll take over the play calling. And he just never gave him back. He never gave him back. And then there was talk of maybe that. And he also said nobody really on the Cowboys ever talked him out of it, especially especially Landry. And he thinks it's because he had Danny White. And I think Danny White was more of what Landry wanted. That is in quarterback. Yeah. Where he could puppeteer him. Right. Because yeah. if you think about it, in 1980, 1981, could the Cowboys, if you had Stallback with a little bit of Stallback magic, if he hasn't declined too much in those two years, would they have been in another Super Bowl? That is interesting. Man, can you imagine Stallback in Montana? That's a pass. Now, that is That's a, a passing the torch, game. torch game. Yep. That would be even more. I don't know how well, you know, it, it would be interesting to see how well Staubach plays. He'd be 39, 40 years old around the time of that kind of happening, right? Yeah. Because, um, yeah, he's 37 when he retires, so at least 39 when when that game when that game occurs. That's, or no, 
Was it 80 or 81? 81. 81. Montana. That's right. So that, yeah, at least 39 years old at that point. Who knows? Uh, you know, very few quarterbacks had played that late, I think. Staubach might have been one of those special ones, but it is certainly interesting. I mean, you look how close that game was. The Cowboys legit almost went with Danny White. Uh, I think it was Eric Wright's tackle. That, that's why you got to watch these games. I'm so glad we watched that game because yeah. I would have never known that that catch wasn't the only end to that game if it wasn't for Eric Wright's tackle. Right. Huge and play. in 1975, he is... He named pretty much the namesake of the Hail Mary pass in the last final seconds of uh, the 1975 playoff game against the Minnesota Vikings with seconds on the clock. Cowboys were trailing 14 to 10 throws a 50 yard pass to Drew Pearson catches it touchdown. And the reporters asked him, what were you thinking when you threw that pass? He said, I just said a Hail Mary. Yeah. And, since then, that has been known as the Hail Mary Pass. Yeah, it's uh, there's YouTube videos upon YouTube videos. Everybody loves it. It's my favorite play in Madden. Sometimes <laughs> I actually did an entire I did an entire drive doing Hail Mary Pass, but I had a mobile quarterback, so I'd send all the all the defensive backs deep, and I just take off and run first downs. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem with Madden. It is so <laughs> it's so broken sometimes. <laughs> That AI uh, is horrible. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else has he got? Some of his nicknames over the years. All right. Roger the Dodger here in that one for his abilities to scramble. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain America was one that was given him because he's the QB of America's team. Uh, and Captain Comeback, fourth game, uh, fourth quarter game winning, you know, just a knack for winning then. Uh, he had 23 game winning drives and 15 comebacks during the fourth quarter. Uh, with 17 of those in the final two minutes or in overtime. Um, some other accomplishments that he's, he's earned over the years. 76, he received the Gold Plate Award, Golden Plate Award from the American Academy of Achievement. Uh, he was named the Walter Camp Man of the Year in 1983 and the Davey O'Brien Legends Award in 2001. In 1996, the uh, the Na- U.S. Navy Memorial Foundation awarded Staubach the lone, uh, its Lone Sailor Award. For his navy naval service, um, uh, let's see. He uh, he got to, oh he flipped the coin at Super Bowl thirty six, uh, which is at the Louisiana Super Superdome, where uh, his only other one of his only other Super Bowl victories took place. Uh, th- yeah, the thirtieth anniversary of Super Bowl six in two thousand and two. He was with uh, President George Bush. So that's pretty cool. Um, on January 25th, 2007, he was named the chairman of the North Texas Super Bowl. Oh God, is that 45? <laughs> I think it's 45. Look. Yes, it has to be. It's 2007. Yeah. yeah, it's 45. I hate Roman numerals sometimes. Um, he really wanted Dallas, Fort Worth, the Metroplex to host Super Bowl, um, in 2011, but, uh, yeah, they did choose. They ended up choosing Dallas as the host city of that Super Bowl. Asked. Because Roger asked. Of course. Uh, 2010, he was named the number one Dallas Cowboy of all time, according to a poll conducted by the Dallas Morning News. November 18, November 2018, uh, Donald Trump awarded him the Presidential Medal of Freedom. He's one of all, uh, only four recipients with uh, associated with American football. And the other three were Alan Page, Earl Blake, and uh, Bear Bryant, who were both head coaches. So pretty cool there. 
Um, and then he was inducted into the 19, uh, 1985 Hall of Fame class. Easy choice there. Um, yeah, fantastic. So, um, so yeah. So, Roger Staubach, everybody. Roger Staubach. Roger the yeah. Dodger. Um, absolutely I, legendary career. He actually has some other stuff, too. Um, I, real quick. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, they talk about his family on here. He's actually started a real estate business, the Staubach Company. And uh, that's kind of what he ended up divulging a lot of time to after uh, after his playing career. He ended up selling it to uh, somebody by the name of Jones Lang LaSalle for $613 million. Oh, my God. <laughs> July 11th, 2008. Wow. That's some money. Work hard. Nine, $9.27 per stallback share with additional. Wow. That's, I don't know how, what all that means, but that's a lot. Um, wow. Good for him. Good for him. He was a spokesman for the men's clothing retailer, Anderson Little. Uh, we did TV advertisements for them and Rolaids. Wait, is that like Rolaids? Is that like, oh, that's Rolaids. Yeah. What yeah. did you think of, like the heartburn medication? Yeah. Um what did you think it was? I, I don't I don't know. I forgot what I forgot what Rolaids was. I was I'm hoping it was like Rolex. In a wheelchair. <laughs> uh nineteen eighties, he was like he did some color commentary a little bit for CBS and um and yeah, he famously commented uh, during a Giants and Cowboys game, a nostalgic moment by exclaiming he would like to be right down in the middle of it, uh, which the Cowboys ended up losing 38 to 35. Um, he also owned a NASCAR Nextel Cup Series, <laughs> a Hall of Fame like racing thing, like pretty crazy. Um, he did it with Troy Aikman, which is pretty cool. And it started in 06. And uh, he was also awarded in 09 the Lombardi award of excellence from the Vince Lombardi cancer foundation. And um, that's crazy, but yeah, Stallback's still going strong today, 80 years old, um, doing, doing pretty well for himself. What, what, what were you going to say? I apologize for cutting you off. I was just going to say, looking at the resume, he's like, we, we, it's pretty impressive. I mean, this is like the all American, this is almost Forrest Gumpish in a way. Yeah. Um, the guy met his future wife in the sixth grade, ended up marrying her. And that's something you don't see. And then the testimonies of how great of a guy that he is, his, uh, he, his former assistant tried to, was saying that he tried to read every letter he got and sign every autograph that he could and try to help everybody that wrote to him. You know, it's something that he tried to do. Always didn't work out when it came to advice or people needing money or anything like that, but he tried to at least do something. Uh, his former assistant wanted to start her own company. He ended up giving her money so she could do that. He offered his former teammate, Drew Pearson, a job. He said, no, Roger, I want to start my own company. Stallback invested into his company as well. And one that really just touches my heart is Charlie Waters, his former teammate. Uh, his son died at the age of 18 in his sleep, 
don't know what happened. And at the time, Charlie Waters was an assistant coach at Oregon State, and he was going to move back to Dallas. Roger Staubach found out, said, I'm going to give you a job. I'm going to give you an office and don't, and you don't have to do anything. Right. He's like, just get your mind straight. Don't worry about anything. I'll take care of you. And that's how it goes. Um, Another former teammate, Thomas Hollywood Henderson, who was addicted to crack and drugs and everything else, credits Roger Stahlback for really helping him get off of drugs to remind him that he was and is a good person. He said, Thomas, you're a good person. I know you're a good person. You know, you can do this. You can beat this addiction. And for 30 years, for 30 plus years, Thomas Henderson has been sober from drugs. That's phenomenal. So this is, geez, some people say that he should just run for president. I'd vote for him. Yeah. I, I would even care. <laughs> I just vote for it. I, I don't think you could ever find it. I don't. I mean, honestly, it, it might. Some people might take this bad, but if you found I don't think there's a closest thing to Jesus Christ on earth other than Roger Stahlback. <laughs> He's pretty damn perfect. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he has his own little faults and stuff, but geez. Yeah. How do you, this is the guy that you just cannot hate. No, no, it'd be hard to, it's really hard to, you have to really find something, but yeah, Staubach is great. Pure, it, it, again, never a bad thing. And obviously helping out former teammates and stuff is, uh, amongst other things, he's he's done really, really well for himself. Mm-hmm. So um, perfect one, perfect person to kick off our, our armed services, military service month um, for NFL players. Uh, really fun. Andrew, you have next week. And who do you have in mind? I'm going to go with a good old boy. Another Texas guy, but farther south than Dallas. I'm gonna go with Bum Phillips. I've been, Bum Phillips. Okay, I've been dying to talk about Bum Phillips, and the fact that he is a fellow Marine makes this even more special. And why I chose him. All right, I'm looking forward to hear it because you you reference him oh, a I ton in all the best for all the best reasons. So I'm happy to hear that. So. Um, so bum Phillips next week, something to be excited about. Uh, that is it. Everybody. One more episode this week. Of course, our wide receiver tiers for fantasy, uh, fantasy football. Make sure you check it out tomorrow, but, uh, thank you so much for tuning in on behalf of Andrew and I till next time, the two point conversation is good. Yeah, spot. <laughs>